Hey, here we are today. (laughs) She's ready. She's ready. (laughs) Today, we've got a special guest with us from the Bay Area. I mean, talk about cool. Here we are in Minnesota on the farm, sitting in Robin's studio. She has been uh, spending a lot of time in this little spot right here on the planet, and she's been putting out the Radical Life podcast. And today I get to be so blessed to have my cousin Dawn here, who years ago ran into me while I was speaking at a church in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't too long after that that we connected and she ended up traveling with Teen Rescue. And we had gone through a move from uh, the Minneapolis area down to Austin, bought a house, and we had the team members living in a house together there with the band. I think at the time we were traveling in the ambulance, yeah, right? that's right. Wow. There's not many who can say that. <laughs> when I think of all the 100 plus yeah. band members and team members that we had, not many of them traveled in the ambulance which kind of like paul bunyan as the story goes the story grows and people are just like was the were the wheels made out of gold you know (laughs) was it really as plush it was no plushness at all it was like sitting on a two by four it was not what do you tell us what do you remember of the ambulance okay i want to say that it was wooden was it made of wood? A lot of wood inside. Outside too? No. No. Okay. No, the ambulance. A lot of wood inside. The ambulance was definitely metal and fiberglass. I don't remember seats. <laughs> That's probably good. You don't remember yeah, because remember they were bad. They weren't we, padded. We all traveled just sitting on the floor. No yeah, a lot belts. of yes, um, yes. There were no seat belts. <laughs> we didn't have the law back then. No, no. And uh, but it was fun. And if we if we did have the law, we were outlaws, and right. we were we were breaking a couple rules probably by having people smashed into the back of a ambulance. <laughs> it uh, was so fun. Though. It was fun. Other things. Tell us other things you remember from that time because yeah. we are talking about something 30 plus years ago now i mean for me it was just the funnest time because i think i was around 22 sounds right and so when you're traveling around with other people your age and there was a few people younger a few people older but it was just such a really cool fun summer for me because i met the coolest people who mm. were followers of jesus who kind of lived on the edge and who were fun how fun to travel around well, in an we, ambulance. Well, the <laughs> Radical Life, when the band members yeah. that you knew, right. they were like rock stars. I mean, we'd go yeah. into a school. Yeah. First of all, we get them out of class. We get kids out of class. And right away, we're just, we're heroes to them because they don't have yeah. to go to algebra that day. That's right. They, I mean, the teachers don't have to teach. The kids don't have to go sit in the class. They're sitting in a gymnasium and they're they're rocking out. Yeah. We're making big noise. Yeah. They're clapping. They're shouting. They're screaming. And then we slow it right down and go right into the program and you guys are hanging out talking with the kids mm-hmm. and many i don't know if at the time did you do any speaking at all while we were traveling were you I, what, what did you yeah. do while you were with teen rescue i did a lot of the t selling the t-shirts all right and helped be in charge of the t-shirt booth wow. and the sales i did do a little bit of more when we went into the juvenile detention center for that week i remember that we were able to go in there and it was the first time the chaplain set it up so that it was called a vacation bible school vacation bible school in a juvenile detention 
Minneapolis. Yep. Downtown Minneapolis. Minneapolis. And it was voluntary for the any of the juveniles to come out of their cell and spend one-on-one time. So I did a lot of one-on-ones. We led some groups. Yep. So they could choose like which group they wanted to go to, whether it was on like drugs or self-esteem. Yeah, I did a little bit of speaking with that. And Had you have come a year earlier, the summer before, or had you have come a year later, you would not have been a part of that because no. we we didn't do it yeah. before and we didn't right. do it after. That was a one-time thing. It was life-changing yeah. for not just me, but the team yeah. and the people that we met in that place because many of us have made lifelong relationships with those kids. You're still in yeah. touch with yeah. folks, aren't you? Yeah, I'm actually in touch with David Brom. My, oh um, my. When I met him, he was 16. I I was living in Phoenix at the time, and I had heard about the crimes that he had committed as a 16-year-old kid being from yeah. Minnesota, where I'm from. It really hit home for me. And you know, where he lived is just down the freeway yeah, from where we are right now, just 30 miles away was Dave's yeah. home. And so when he asked to do a one-on-one talk with me and come out of his cell, I just, you know, we just talked. I didn't even know who he was. And it didn't really matter to me. I found out later that this was David Brom. The kid we'd been hearing about in the news. And I was quite shocked because... To me, he just seemed like this all-American kid, which he which he was. He was just going through a really <laughs> rough time in his life. But we had just struck up a, a friendship. So even after that week, when I moved back to Arizona, we continued to write letters, stay in touch, the phone calls. And then each time I came back to Minnesota, I would visit him. And to this day, which has been, what, 30 years? Yep. We visit him. He knows my kids. He knows my husband. And he has relationships with them just been like adopted by our family right and so it's been just a really blessing because Mm. through the visit those seeds were planted for him to know jesus it was soon afterwards that he became a believer in jesus and his life has been completely transformed and now he is leading bible studies in the prison he is mentoring others he is taking chaplaincy classes because his heart is really a pastor and it's just beautiful to see like how god has redeemed him and it was all just through seeds that we we were able to be a part of. Yes. So it was life-changing. Do you remember, because when I remember from that vacation Bible school in juvenile detention, Minneapolis, was that of all the folks that were traveling with us that summer, not everybody got to go. They only allowed a certain number of us in. I don't remember what the number was, if it was five, six, eight. Do you remember how many others with Teen Rescue were with you when you went in? You went in for the day, yeah. then you would leave, yeah. come back the next day. Yep. It was a more than a one-day yeah, event. Five days. It was a five-day event, so you were there during the day. See, I only came and spent maybe one or two days at the event. Yeah, when you did the concert. Right. Because we put on a concert for the kids several times during that week. I want to say there was like 10 of us. I'm Okay. We kind right. of split up into different pods. Right. Okay, so it's just amazing that you were there. Dave had the opportunity to speak with you one-on-one. He, he was gravitated towards you. You spent time. You shared with him. Eventually, and as I remember the story, it was really within days mm-hmm. of that because after you spoke with him, do you remember how many days you saw him while in juvenile detention? Yeah, every day. You saw him for every day, so five days. I was in his Because as soon as the event was over, he was moved to Texas. That's right. He went to Texas. That's where he became a believer in Jesus. Yep, in in Texas. Texas. Quite a supernatural event there in his his jail cell. And again, you are in contact Mm -hmm. with him to this day. Yeah. Phone calls. Just yesterday. Just yesterday. (laughs) 
Yeah, wow. We were supposed to visit him, but because of the virus, right, right. we were on lockdown. I was driving down here and he actually called Taya, my daughter. Yeah. What's beautiful is that he is a mentor to my kids. Wow. I feel completely wow, wow, um, wow. honored, uh, actually, that he yeah. reaches out to them on yeah. their cell phones. And he says, is there anything I can pray for you, yeah. you guys about? And he mentors them. And wow. It's amazing. I yeah, mean, just to show difficult. you how, to show you how close this came to not happening, you meeting him. There was two events going on for Teen Rescue that week. Another one was a Bible camp of which I was the main speaker at the mm. Bible camp, and I had more than likely band members with me at the Bible camp, doing the music, doing the speaking. Yeah. You very easily could have been chosen by, I, but to go to that camp and be there yeah. rather than the yeah. vacation. Bible school where you would have missed the opportunity yeah. to share with him, yep. to have this lifelong connection. <clears throat> but we have to believe in God was in charge. He was. He called yeah, you. He, he put you in that spot. It's just amazing what Jesus yeah. does in a life, isn't it? Yeah. And that's why uh, everybody that's listening now, just realize that the Bible says that man plans his way, but God directs our steps. And we see that very, very much there. Now, I feel like we could go on and on and on, but we'd, we'd probably just keep talking about the exact same thing over and over from a million different directions. What I want to get to is today, yeah. jump ahead 30 plus yeah. years. Here you are still to this day, you're doing a similar work yeah. in California, yeah. in the Bay Area. The last time we were together at Christmas, you were telling me you're still going into jails. Yeah, I work in the jail. You work in the jail. And when you say the jail, that's the Redwood City mm-hmm. jail. The men's jail. Tell us a little bit yeah. about that. Because to me, what God did in your heart there, it's like he called you to that without you even maybe yeah. knowing it. You yeah. just, all of a sudden, one day, there you are in juvenile detention, Minneapolis, sitting with who today is the most prominent young person, mm-hmm. prominent for a very big tragedy. And today, now, you are doing what yeah. in Redwood City Jail? Tell yeah. us about that. Yeah, so um, in the jail that I work, I work in about a year and a half ago. They started ten bed unit for the mentally ill people in the jail who needed to be fifty one fifty, which means that when they become psychotic and they're endangering themselves or others, right? Instead of the deputies bringing them to the hospital, which is very taxing on the hospital, it's very taxing on the deputies because. Two right. of them have to go, and it's just hard. Why not see them in-house in a little psychiatric unit so they can just bring them to us? We can force them to take medicine. I'm not a nurse, but I work with the nurse as a mental health worker. And so it's the nurse, myself, and um, two deputies that work in this small unit. Mm-hmm. But we have up to 10 people that we serve, and you know we can have conversations with wow. them. And, and once they start taking medicine, they're they're clear, and you can have conversations with them. And yeah, you see all kinds of situations, just very broken, lonely people. It was interesting because just this year, I was kind of thinking about there is definitely like been a thread that I never connected of why I love. I mean, I feel so blessed because I'm getting to go into the jail, but I'm getting paid for it. And I think God's just blessing that. And right. he's always, I look back and I think it kind of started with Teen Rescue yeah. and that week because I made a couple friendships with actually three different kids that I've kept in contact with. One of them committed suicide in the in the prison. Um, the other one, I don't really know what happened to him, but I'm still you know in contact with Dave. But that just started like this mm. desire that I didn't even um, right. see that was there for jail ministry, for people mm. at the, the broken 
I feel like, you know, when they're in jail, it's kind of like they're the most broken. Yes. Because there's nowhere to go. Sometimes their family has left them or they left their family. They have such guilt for the crimes that they've committed and they're completely isolated. So I don't know. I just feel right. Just even just being there and not even having a conversation is just a blessing because I can pray for them. Just Mm -hmm. being friendly, just being kind is sometimes just foreign to them. Well, I think of what it says in the Gospels where a person is asked, did you visit Jesus? Did you feed Jesus? Did you clothe Jesus? And he said, well, I've never met Jesus. Well, how could I have done any of those things? Well, you did that when you went to a prison and ministered to the prisoner, when you were with somebody that needed clothes, that needed food. When you do it to these, I think the Bible calls them the least of these. When you do it to these, we're doing that to Mm -hmm. Jesus. Mm -hmm. What a wonderful thing to be sitting here with you, knowing that we've got people going into into the prisons. We got people going into the jails. We got people going to places that 99.9% of most believers can tell the story of never going once unless they were arrested and put in jail Mm -hmm. to go visit Jesus. Because Jesus said, did you do this to me? Did you do this for me? Did you feed me? Well, no, I never met you to feed you. No, you you could have met me. Yeah. You could have met me by going to these places. Right. And I think we all have to just go to the places that God calls us. Right, right. Either we need to be called. the yeah. jail or whether it's your neighborhood. Yeah. We all have a sphere of yeah. people that we can reach. And yeah, we, we can't to... go to where we can't go. Yeah. But we can go to those places right by where yeah. we're at. That's right. And be that light wherever yeah. we have that influence. Right. So there was a... It was a great summer for me and definitely seeds were planted that years later kept going yeah i think that most of the team would be able to say that yeah it was a lot of fun who else do you remember from that era from that time who else was traveling with us okay wes thompson wes cindy thompson Thompson. susan vanderpool Uh, Becky Wichterman. Becky. Sarah. Sarah Herzog ran into her last summer. Oh, what's his name? Eric. Eric Eric Holmberg. Holmberg. Spencer. Spencer. Mary. Mary Heidenreich. Yes. All right. How cool is that? Great people. Yeah. Great people. You know, we had Spencer on not too long ago. Yeah. He came and we did two podcasts in the house. We were in the the house that we just gave you a tour of. We set up. Studio in the living room. That's cool. And he did music too. He just sang for us and, and He's uh, so talented. told about his stories of what God did during that time. He was with three years with Teen Rescue. And then the stuff he's still doing to this day, yeah. he can links right back yeah. to that three year period of time that that's when God really seeded in him the work that he was going to be doing yeah. now for 34 years so cool. since he started. And, and now here you are with us. And we always wonder as we're out doing these things, who's neck. Robin's sitting here is giving me the signals and telling me that time together here has just been wonderful and, and being able to hear the stories. We're going to let Dawn just take it from here for a little bit more. Yeah. When I think of the whole summer of traveling with Teen Rescue, it was just such a really hmm. cool thing because it wasn't that structured, right. which I love. We didn't know from week to week what we were doing. It was it came together as the weeks went on. Yeah. And we never knew from day to day sometimes. You're laughing. 
<laughs> where, we didn't. Where we were going to be. We and didn't. so it kept you on your toes. Yeah. I don't know. And for some reason, that environment kind of helps yeah. you to really kind of figure out on your own what your gifts are and what right. you want to bring to the table. Instead of someone telling you this is what you're going to do, you'd bring into it what you're good at. And there was a lot of freedom with that. Right. I remember Mary saying quite often, one of the things that she learned with Teen Rescue was to say phrases different. She learned after a while never to ask, when are we going to eat? Yeah. <laughs> Never, never. When are we going to get to, where are we going to sleep? When do we get to sleep? She says, I, I learned after a while not to ask those questions, but eventually it became, what? We get to eat? Yeah. <laughs> We're going to sleep tonight? That's- We're going to have a place to stop? Because sometimes we get in that ambulance and just roll. We didn't care, though. We didn't care. We and, so and that's fun. how it became. And if you joined the team yeah. and that was their attitude, you just joined their attitude. Because can you imagine no. being on a team and it's all complaining? It's all... Nobody ever complained. Nobody. Nobody. No. That's, that's how I remember it, was it so too. fun. Nobody yeah. complained. There were times I wasn't even with you guys traveling. I would be in a little airplane, mm-hmm. you know, shooting around <laughs> so that I could take care of the office stuff and then fly out and meet you guys and we didn't even know you were going <clears throat> didn't even that's you, right didn't miss me who is that guy up know. there talking right now oh that's <laughs> that's just rick so but god did a wonderful thing in your life and is still doing amazing things in your life and in the life of those that you met and that you ministered to all i can say is this dawn is just another radical life radical <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Teen Rescue family, we really hope you enjoyed our interview with Don Liero. If any of you out there have some amazing stories like that, please let us know. We want to connect with you. We have heard from one of our Teen Rescue fans, and she wrote and sent us a picture of her whole family. And if you would do that, that would really cheer our hearts. Please send us an email at rickandrobinmoe at gmail.com. Please keep your eyes open for our Facebook Teen Rescue group, because we have some more exciting interviews coming up. God bless you all and we'll talk to you later.